This is Curious Minnesota, a Star Tribune project that sends staff from the state's largest newsroom hunting for the answers to great questions we receive from you, our readers. We're here to answer everything you want to know about the state's people, places, and culture. Welcome to Curious Minnesota. I'm your host, Eric Roper. Let's start today's show with a little sound effect to set the scene. That sound may be familiar to you if you've ever enjoyed a sauna, a popular pastime among cold-hardy Minnesotans. Many people associate saunas with Scandinavian culture, but it is originally a Finnish tradition, and Finnish people are not technically Scandinavian, as we will be discussing on today's show. There's obviously some debate about this, as evidenced by the readers who objected to the omission of Finland from my story earlier this year about Scandinavian immigration to Minnesota. Les Mackey was not one of those readers, but did want Curious Minnesota to tell the tale about Minnesota's Finnish immigration. After all, the story of people leaving Finland for Minnesota more than a century ago is somewhat unique from the journey of Minnesota's Swedish and Norwegian immigrants. I tackled this question for our column and we'll discuss my story today with Ash Miller. But first, let's hear from Les. My name is Les Mackey and I'm a third generation full-blooded Finn now in my late 70s. I was born up in Eveleth on the Masabi Range in northeast Minnesota and grew up in Cherry Township. My grandparents immigrated from Finland around 1903, likely trying to get away from conditions in Finland. My grandparents settled in Cherry Township, which uh, local Finns at that time called Nelikavara, hunger danger. So I might have told you a little bit about the conditions up there at that time. Uh, the question I asked for the paper, though, is rhetorical in nature, as I already knew a good part of the answer but wanted others to learn from my question. All right, I want to start with one very simple, very important question. Are Finnish people Scandinavian? Technically, they're not Scandinavian, which was a decision we had to make, obviously, to write this story, because we already wrote the Scandinavian story. Mm -hmm. Finnish is not a Scandinavian language. Now, Finland is very close to these countries. Finland is east of Sweden. It's just on the border of Russia on the other side. And when I was working on this, there was uh, someone who warned me when I said I was going to really make a statement that it's not Scandinavian, who said, like, you don't want to wait into the Osmo Vanska controversy of like 2005, do you? And I looked into this controversy and and it turns out that there was an article in the Star Tribune that was about Scandinavian culture sort of broadly. And it quoted Osmo Vanska, who was the conductor of the Minnesota Orchestra, who is Finnish. Mm -hmm. And there were many readers and others, even our own staff, according to the reader's rep article that was written about this event, because it was an event, there were many people who said, why would a Finn be quoted in this story about sick Scandinavian culture? So anyway, I feel like I ended up on the right side of this whole debate uh, because we published this and I did not have a lot of people saying to me, oh, you're wrong. I think the agreement was that this is actually the more commonly accepted. People who are sort of familiar with this are, but uh, there's not a universal agreement on this, which is why, as we said in a previous episode, when we wrote about Scandinavian immigration in Minnesota, some people asked why we omitted the Finns from that story. So this is not universal, but okay. technically it's not a Scandinavian language, therefore not Scandinavian. When we did the Scandinavian podcast episode, I also distinctly remember telling everyone if they had opinions to write you mm-hmm. and not me. So I just want to right. get that out there again. Yeah, they can write me. Yeah, do not. I am just My here for the ride. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're different. 
So we need to do a whole new story on them. Yeah. So it turns out, like, if we had lumped in the Finnish immigration story into the Scandinavian story, it would have been not good because it's its own story, really. The Finns generally arrived later in Minnesota mm-hmm. than the Scandinavians. They are more associated with one corner of the state, which is northeastern Minnesota, whereas the sort of Norwegians and Swedes were more associated all over the place of Minnesota. And the Finnish diaspora was never quite as large as the Norwegian and Swedish diaspora. So uh, at its peak in 1920, there were about 30,000 foreign-born Finns living in Minnesota, compared to about 100,000 Swedes and Norwegians, respectively, foreign-born around the turn of the century. So not quite on the same level. And as we'll get into, like the Finnish culture and also like what they did in Minnesota, it's just a, it's its own story. It's very fun and unique in its own way. So it's good we're doing a different podcast about it. But Minnesota does have the largest population of people with Finnish ancestry, right? Yes. So basically, there are more people of Finnish ancestry living in Minnesota than any other state. And number two is Michigan. And it's a pretty close number two. Um, But we are sort of the Finnish hub or the, the largest Finnish hub in the U.S. then. And it's easy for people to lump them together, Scandinavia and Finland, is because their stories start very similar, right? It's a yeah. resource thing. Yeah. So, like, as we've talked about previously, you know, in the mid-1800s and over the course of the 1800s in um, Scandinavian countries and just in Euro- many European countries, there was great health advancements that led to huge population booms. So, the population of Finland nearly tripled over the course of the 1800s, which if you can imagine, you know, any country's population nearly tripling. And this is at a time, again, as we talked about with other with Sweden and Norway, where, you know, farming is still the primary occupation, but there's not enough arable land, not enough farmland in, in Finland and these other countries to sort of support all these new people. And then this is sort of compounded. These, these bad economic conditions are compounded by famines in the 1860s. So the, the situation is not good. And so some people start, you know, this is not a huge number of people, but some people start leaving Finland for neighboring Norway. And this is around the time when, as we've talked about, Norwegians were getting on boats and they were going to America and ending up at what was then the western frontier of America in Minnesota. So some of the earliest Finns in Minnesota were sort of piggybacking on that Norwegian immigration, having gone over the border. And that's where we get sort of these early settlements in Minnesota of Finns. First of all, I should mention that uh, a lot of what we're going to talk about in this conversation today comes from two prime sources. One is Finns in Minnesota, written by Arnold Allenin, who was also a big source for this story personally, and I recommend that people read him in the story. And then also They Chose Minnesota, which is a very large, very comprehensive book that we've talked about previously on this podcast. So the earliest Finns that are coming over, Wright County and Renville County are sort of the first two main hubs, and Wright County being just west of present-day Twin Cities and Renville sort of way southwest. And then eventually the Finns start moving up to New York Mills, which is like further north. And then the wave... The wave. So there's a second wave of immigration. Yeah. Well, this is the main wave. So basically, like we have this trickling in, you know, this is around the time when Swedish and Norwegian immigration was really, really big, right? 1860s, 70s, 80s. We've talked about how in the 1860s, you know, the U.S. government forced Dakota people from the state and offered free land to settlers. And so, you know, this is when we have this boom of population of Swedes and Norwegians coming and scooping up all the land of, you know, southern Minnesota. But the Finns aren't coming in those big numbers yet. Okay. So 
That's where Russia comes into the picture. Oh, my favorite plot twist in every history book. It's always like, and then Russia comes in. Yeah. So basically, Russia, as we said, is a, a neighboring country to Finland. Mm. And during the late 1800s, Russia ruled over Finland. But the, Finland had this sort of semi-autonomous status. But in the 1890s, Russia revoked Finland's sort of quasi-independence, and they start drafting Finns into their military. And so suddenly, you know, as Bill Convery at the Minnesota Historical Society said, you know, some of these departing Finns are saying, well, I don't want to have anything to do with these Russian wars. And they mm -hmm. start heading for the borders. And this is really what fuels sort of the big influx. So that's why the Finnish immigration story sort of happens a bit later. Mm -hmm. But by the time they get here, as we talked about, you know, people have all this land has been scooped up. So mm -hmm. and that's all the prime farmland. If we think about Minnesota, you know, that prime agricultural land is mostly to the south. And then further north is more the forest and, you know, and then also mining, as we'll talk about. So the farmland that the Finns were left with, which is called cutover land, this is like where felled trees were, right? If you can imagine tree stumps. And it's very hard land to farm. So they went up to northern Minnesota, and that's sort of how Finns became more associated with northern Minnesota. But those who weren't working on the farms went to go work in the logging industry, and that became a big sort of source of employment for the Finns. And then eventually, many of them, as the sort of mining industry in northern Minnesota gets going, many Finns end up going into mining. That and logging, but mining being the larger one, become like the the big sort of association with like Finns. That's what in you, Minnesota. yeah, like that's what they did. We're talking about later dates than we were in the Scandinavian episode, mm -hmm, you know. Right. So by 1902, according to the Minnesota Commissioner of Labor, four 40% of the state's mining employees were Finnish. Okay, mm -hmm. that's a pretty high number. And that's according to Finns in Minnesota, the book. And this Minnesota Commissioner of Labor, he's kind of characterized them as, quote, strong, well-built, used to hard work and meager fare. And so these people were often doing the grunt work of mining. They were laboring with shovels and picks deep underground. And as Alan had pointed out, like that's why so many Finns were killed in the mines, because they were doing so much of this sort of hard and very difficult, dangerous work underground. Uh, if you can imagine like just how we should do a whole episode about what that must have been like, uh, because like underground mining in the late 1800s must yeah. have been very difficult. <laughs> obviously. So they, they're just very similar in immigration stories. They're doing the jobs that no one else wanted to do. Right. And so the Finnish communities were most prevalent sort of in the Masabi range, uh, right. towns like Virginia, Hibbing, Chisholm, Eveleth. And then Duluth is like a big landing point. So some Finns are coming here by boat through the Great Lakes to Duluth, and some of them are coming up by train from the south. And so some people knew Duluth as like the Helsinki of America. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. So Duluth is sort of the central place, but then they're all sort of all over these, these mining communities. So mining, logging, like that's what they became known for um, when they first got here. But what is their impact on Minnesota besides that? Like what cultural remnants of Finland did they bring mm -hmm. over with them? So I would say the one that people are probably most familiar with, even if they don't know anything about Finland per se, is saunas. So saunas are a Finnish cultural okay. artifact. Well, hold on, hold on. We need to address the fact that how I would say it was sauna. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say it like that. Okay. Well, yeah, it's basically uh, that's the Finnish pronunciation. So okay, so I've been hearing it wrong. You've okay. been hearing it wrong. Okay. Americans have maybe made it into sauna, like this kind of you know S A W N A yeah. kind of pronunciation. We've just but it's, simplified it. Yeah, as when, is our way. When you write the pronunciation down, it's S O W, like sauna. Okay. So saunas, you know, when we 
talk about these early homesteads and stuff of Finnish immigrants, the building that had to be there was the sauna, no matter what. And if it was a Finnish town, it had to have a sauna in it, you know. And Allen describes in his book about how, like, these early saunas, you know, nowadays we think of, like, you sort of pour some water on some sort of heated device and then you get steam and you sit in there. Well, the early ones were wood burning. So you would have a chimneyless room. You'd have wood burning. It would fill with smoke and then they would vent the smoke out and then go into the darkness and then sort of swat themselves with, and this still happens today, but sort of swat themselves with these handfuls of, of small branches. Mm-hmm. The quote in the book, which I thought was great in Finns in Minnesota is, the Finns sauna rituals could appear strange and even bizarre to outsiders, some of whom believe that magic and witchcraft were practiced inside the huts. So just it seemed I, odd. I to people feel on that. The like, think if you've never been in a place that hot, wouldn't you be like, "This is some devil. This is some <laughs> nonsense." Like, I I feel that guy because I I think I can imagine that very easily. Like being mm-hmm. very confused yeah. and scared of something like that. <laughs> So that's one thing they became known for. The other two are very left-leaning politics and cooperative businesses. So let's take the first one. So possibly because of Russian persecution that they had in their homeland, and this is one of the theories in Finns in Minnesota, the theories behind why they ended up being a more left-leaning group are kind of varied. But the point is socialism and the Finnish diaspora became very closely linked. So there were these Finnish social clubs, many of them across northern Minnesota. The Finnish Socialist Federation, which was like an association uh, underneath the National Socialist Party that was founded in Hibbing and had about 47 Minnesota chapters in 1911. This sort of led to a lot of unionization. So if you can think about they're working in these very dangerous jobs, there's definitely probably advantages to being unionized. But when they would initiate these strikes on the Iron Range, sometimes the mining companies would blacklist them and blacklist fins that they identified according to Allen's book as militants and troublemakers. Mm-hmm. And this sort of leads into the next issue, which is this cooperative businesses. So some businesses wouldn't then serve Finns like grocery stores or what have you, like during these strikes, for example. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up starting their own cooperative businesses, which would really sort of like multiply during these mining strikes. Mm -hmm. And the sort of Finnish Socialist Federation would encourage these businesses. And so there were sort of these so-called consumers cooperatives that were all over the place. And so now we know them as co-ops and co-op grocery stores. And obviously Finns like didn't invent this concept, but they were very into that idea of Mm -hmm. like cooperative businesses. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast with you is that every time we do an episode, I always take away one piece of trivia that Mm -hmm. I will share for the rest of my life. And so the co-op thing is now my new thing that I will be doing. I live above a co-op. It's not the sauna pronunciation? Nope. nope, It's the (laughs) co-op. Okay. One thing we should mention, because we've mentioned all these different groups, right? Swedes, Norwegians, Finns. There's one group that was sort of like, didn't maybe feel like they belonged to some of these groups. These are the Swede Finns. So these are Finns that live near Sweden. Mm -hmm. By some estimates, about 6% of the Finnish immigrants spoke Swedish. Mm -hmm. But if you can imagine this, they come over they have Finnish cultural identities, but then they don't speak the language. The Swedes speak their language, but they have different culture than the Swedes. So the Swede Finns ended up as their own kind of identity. So if I didn't mention the Swede Finns, I'm sure someone would tell me that I didn't mention them. We're going to have to do a whole new episode. Got it. Got it. I will clear my schedule. (laughs) (laughs) So saunas, co-ops. Saunas. Saunas. Yeah, you don't have to overdo it, but yeah, saunas. Yeah. (laughs) No, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Uh, So those are two things. And then what else? What else lives 
today Mm -hmm. as a testament to Finnish culture in Minnesota? So there's a couple things. One is they have their own sort of equivalent of St. Patrick's Day, which is St. Urho's Day, which was invented by a Bemidji State University professor in the 1950s. And so you can see like statues to St. Urho in Managa and Finland, Minnesota. FinFest is an annual festival that honors Finnish culture. It happens sort of in different places each time. A lot of the locations have been Minnesota. It's It's based here in Minnesota, the organization is. And so this year is the 2023 event. FinFest will be in Duluth. And so people can go to that. And then there's actually like a bunch of Finnish heritage that's documented in museums around the state. So there's like museums in Kokedo, Esko, Embarrass, Finland, New York Mills. So you can kind of get a lot of that Finnish culture around. Yeah. If, you, if, you're, if there's one thing you know about Curious Minnesota, it's that we love a good museum. We love a good we museum. We love a good museum. So if you're around, uh, especially northern Minnesota, there's like plenty of places. But New York Mills would be sort of further west. and But yeah, there's plenty of places to go and get some of that Finnish culture. Well, yet again, I am just coming away with a whole new appreciation of just some aspect of Minnesota culture that I didn't know about. Like I knew, obviously, we talked about the Finnish population in the Scandinavian episode, but this is a whole other thing. Like they're a whole other, Mm -hmm. how dare we lump them in together? First of all, I'm glad that people pointed out like whether or not it was correct to say why I included them in the Scandinavian story. I'm glad that people like raised the issue right? because it turns out that it's kind of its own story. It's interesting in its own way. So I just enjoyed learning about it and learning about how it's different than these other, you know, cultures. That's what's so fun about Curious Minnesota is it does take us like on new adventures every week. So Yeah, and hopefully we won't start a new controversy. So the new controversy is the Curious Minnesota controversy of 2022. Yeah, the point is that we all learned our lesson from the Osmo Vansko controversy. (laughs) It only took us 20, 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by. Okay, that's it for today's show. Got some feedback for us or a question that you'd like to see answered? Send it to curious at startribune.com. And if you're enjoying this show, please tell a friend about it. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Curious Minnesota. We want to hear from you. Ask questions and read more stories online at startribune.com backslash curious. Our show is recorded at the Star Tribune's headquarters in beautiful downtown Minneapolis. And our music is produced by Matt Gilmer. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes or leave a review. And until next time, stay curious.